Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We have a jam-packed one for you. And this one gets pretty real, actually, as well. So we'll get into some of that. Um, we recap uh, this last weekend. Tim and I hit the road. Uh, another little road tour for the podcast. So we got three interviews done. Uh, really pleased with all of those. Um, one I had never met before. Uh, the Tim intro- introduced, Bob Vito. And then Tim and I talked to Gloria Morris, founder and owner of Float 60, two locations in Chicago, one in Northwest Indiana. She actually really took care of us uh, this last weekend. Shout out to Float 60, Gloria Morris. Um, We got a good float in too. That was Tim's first float. Wild, wild experiences floating. And then we ended, uh, we actually interviewed my mom as well. She is a healthy lifestyle coach. Um, helps with nutrition and and all the intangibles that we don't think we need help with. Um, she's she's got your back. Uh, so with current events, uh, talk about uh, Scandinavian Airlines. Uh, their pilots are on strike. So the SAS pilot group contains 95% of the pilots, uh, and they're on strike. So there's been about 1,200 canceled flights. We're gonna get into that some more. Uh, Next, I talk about the Avengers. That was a big, big box office hit. Um, oh, sorry, I just lost my number there. <laughs> so far, $1.2 billion worldwide. You know, you bump one thing and everything goes nuts. Uh, $1.2 billion worldwide, $350, in, uh, $350 million in North America. And according to this article, has the potential to surpass surpass Avatar, which had a 2.79 billion global. And we're gonna get into some other numbers and how they think this movie might do. Uh, we talk about Disney, how they own Marvel, and will that play to Disney's advantage? Tim, uh, what'd you take us through for current events here? Yeah, I love the current events section today. Uh, with so with my current events, I talked about this school in Baltimore, Maryland, that's doing away with detention. And they are instituting a new method to replace attention called, you know it as, meditation. And it's one of the coolest, (laughs) inspiring stories I've ever seen because the difference it's made, uh, the benefits of it, it's, it's, when people first hear like, oh, that's a crazy idea, but it's a crazy idea that just might work. And it has. We're going to talk about that. They already have tangible numbers. Yeah. To show. Yeah. They have proof. Yeah. We're going to talk also about Coca-Cola and its new marketing strategy that it's input, it's testing out in Europe. And it's the first print ads that you can hear. So we're going to talk about how unique this strategy is, uh, the effects on people who read the ads, and just the unique strategy that they're doing and which companies can actually do this because they're doing it. And then we transition into real life experience. I talk about how... My favorite part. Yeah. I'm talking about how a set of three geese taught me how to face my fears. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> that gonna, story. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just going to leave it there. And what else, what else are you get? I, I was looking forward to that. I'll get to that. I was looking forward to that for this last week. You've hyped that shit up. So I'm glad we got into the geese story. Um, yeah. So today's real life experience on my end got, got uh, pretty real and pretty open and vulnerable about some things. And uh, just the, the gist is uh, we get into uh, forgiving and loving yourself a lot as well. So, um, we, we kind of dive deep a little bit into some some current internal uh, struggles of my own, actually. So we always talk about being transparent on the show. Uh, you're getting a good dose of that uh, today. So uh, stay tuned in for that. Then we get into our famous nerdy book talk. 
Let's go. Um, don't sweat the small stuff. And these were ironic chapters for me as well, uh, especially after my real life experience. We'll get into those, but become an anthropologist. So really understand uh, different interests and judgments uh, and people's uh, points of views and then understanding separate realities. So have a, a sincere outlook on how people are going to respond differently to the similar stimuli you have responded to. Tim, book talk? Yes, sir. And John Wood's mentorship book, Game Plan for Life, uh, taught me an important lesson about instilling confidence in other people. So we're going to talk about how you can do that, whether it's relationships, work relationships, any friendships. This is a fantastic episode. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, make sure to leave us a review whenever you get a chance. We send out free laptop stickers for everybody that do, does that. And please, I repeat, please, if you can think of somebody that would be a great addition or interview to the show, please slide into our DMs. Face first <laughs> and let us know Face who, first. who would be a good person for the show. So without further ado, That's awesome. episode 47 of Off the Dome Radio. What a weekend, dude. And, and we're back in the studio on Sunday night. It just feels too right. <laughs> what did you say on your story? It's like a new canvas or something? Oh, yeah. I put up a, a shot of the garage band. Oh, man. Brain to mouth, man. Brain to mouth. Put up a shot of the garage band template of our two mic template mm-hmm. and uh, said, it's like a fresh canvas. Time to paint. Then I tagged you. Couldn't have said it better myself. I put honestly. it like put it like in the corner, like where you would be sitting. You know? mm-hmm. I could have, I should have just put it right, bold front and center. I don't know why I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Thought I was being artsy. It was really just you, dumb idiot. Yeah, but it's a good way to approach approach the game, the it's, podcast game. It's I mean, but it's out there. We love it so much. It's out there for you, the universe to hear. Yeah, Kyrie Irving compares basketball to art, so that's I mean, if you approach anything with with an artwork mentality, you can't go wrong, right? Hey, man. You know, what's his nuts started with just a big block of rock or marble, <clears throat> stone, made some incredible statues. Mm-hmm. So I'm drawing a blank. Everyone's we, we had a long weekend of interviews, though. Mm-hmm. Three interviews. Yeah. Started with uh, Bob Vito on Friday. Mm-hmm. Never met him before. Can already t- tell he's a legend. Yeah. Absolute legend. Yeah. Yeah, we had Bob Vito on Friday, which will release couple weeks i mean he's he had he's had corporate experience as a ceo cfo and that may 9th yeah may 9th may 9th yeah so we interviewed him at his home in fort wayne on friday very good conversation uh, thanks for their hospitality and then absolutely drove up to slager's parents house on on a friday night stayed yeah. there till through sunday and had two interviews on saturday yeah yeah went up to the region uh, so those of you who know the region um from Cherville. so we went up there and Gloria Morris, we interviewed her on Saturday morning. That was electric for mm-hmm. an hour 50, which we know that's a long interview. Uh, that's a lot to listen to, but break it up if you have to. But I recommend trying to get through the whole thing. You shouldn't have to try too hard. That that two hours went real quick, and she was just dropping knowledge bombs after knowledge bombs. like She was just on fire. And Tim and I had never met her before. She, you know, 
only knew me via some Facebook Messenger, and she does know my mom some, and that's kind of how we got connected, but we just jumped right into it, and it was one of those where a handshake uh, started with a handshake, and we ended on a hug, and that that's the way we like to do it. It's the way man. it should be. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was so fun. And then on uh, Saturday night, we interviewed my mom. She's a healthy lifestyle coach, so uh, founder of Inkwell Coaching and Inkwell Healthy Lifestyles. She's also a published author, uh, has a book on Amazon. Uh, and so we, we got into her, her past doing 28 years at, at Walgreens and uh, she talks about her journey out of that and being a solo entrepreneur. So we had we had quite the array of uh, discussions mm-hmm. o- over the last few days, but man, they were all pretty fiery. Mm-hmm. I'm biased, but yeah, they all went by like that. Like it was just quick. So, and we've yet to talk about one of the biggest highlights of the weekend. What happened? Oh, you got to float your first time. Sorry, I told you I'm still playing catch up here. Got to float. So yeah, t- Tim. Uh, so when we say float, uh, Gloria Morris, owner of Float Sixty. Wow, just bypassed right over that one. Oh, you're good. Interviews <laughs> are priority. Talk about interviews first. And uh, and so what that is is it's kind of like a sweet design. So you have little mirror and stuff and. Uh, some toiletries that they recommend you use, the shower, and then you get into this this tank, and there's 10 inches of water and minimum a thousand pounds of of salt of uh, salt that helps you float. It's full of magnesium, and uh, she talks about running that. But Tim had never floated, and you can the minimum is 60 minutes, so they you gotta do 60 minutes. They offer 90 as well, which I think my third time I might go I'm for going 90. 90. Next time, for sure. And I'm addicted. So this was my second time doing it. She has two locations in Chicago, South Loop and River North uh, Streeterville uh, location as well, and then Sherrillville in Northwest Indiana. And so we did that. Uh, Tim, I, and my mom, we floated for an hour. So you're in your own uh, kind of suite, you know, doors locked, all that, and you go in and you're completely naked. And you focus on the relaxation, meditation, visualization, and it just it has tons and tons of benefits. Check out the website, Float60, uh, but Spelled out. sensory deprivation um, it is a big one as well. And we were able to get to this sweet spot between meditation and sleep, and you don't really know what it's like until you've come out of it. <clears throat> But you're in total darkness, you're floating, you are weightless. Uh, musculoskeletal awareness is a big thing that I personally mm-hmm. noticed where I would contract or, or trigger a certain muscle group or area and not even realize it until I was completely weight, weightless. Like you're floating on a cloud basically and you're, you're motionless. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You completely relax and... Uh, you get, you're not fully gone, you're not asleep, but you're not fully conscious, and it's this this really wild uh, experience, and it's something I'd recommend to everyone. So, Tim, how was your first experience? What do you think? Dude, it was amazing. I've uh, how I describe it quickly for someone that doesn't know about it is with my through my experiences, I felt just removed from the world for about an hour, away yeah. from my phone, away from outside distractions in this tank, 
and I was completely okay with it. Like I, I just, I was in a space where it was just me and my thoughts in this tank. And like when you were floating, you, you feel like you can't move, which sounds kind of scary at first, but I was completely, like I had never felt so relaxed in my life. And I just wanted to sit there and not move. And I was just floating in the water and like my muscles felt good. My mind felt good. And I was like, there's, there's nowhere else I want to be. And you talk about the difference. I mean, between meditation and sleep, that's what it felt like. Like I wasn't sleeping, but like I, I, and I was awake, but I just felt like entranced just in my own thoughts. Like everything was organized and I just lost, I lost track of time. Like we were in there for 60 minutes and it didn't, it, it felt, it didn't feel that long. Like yeah. it, it went by really quickly. That's why next time I would do 90. But yeah. I'd love to do 90. Yeah. And I just felt, and I remember coming out, sitting in the lounge area afterward with you and your mom drinking our complimentary tea from, from float 60. And I just, I just felt so at ease and I felt at ease the rest of the day as well. Like I was, I was hyped when we did our, our interview with your mom, but I was just, everything was, I just felt relaxed, felt good. And I slept so well that night. Yeah. I slept a lot better that yeah. night than I did the prior night. Yeah. And you just, you just feel refreshed coming out. You, you know, you notice Gloria was talking about in her, in her interview with us, but you just notice like the sharper edges on things and you just, you're so much aware of your environment because you're, you're, mm -hmm. just, you're relaxed. You're not, you're not worried about the stressful shit so. like colors and outlines stick out more yeah. and things and it was good i enjoyed it yeah but unfortunately we got fucking three different types of precipitation while we were up there yeah snowed hail snow hail well rain hail then snow yeah while we were interviewing gloria within two hours we saw three different types of precipitation i was really trying to go all of april without snow this year a few days away i didn't didn't make it happen few days left in the month. Mm. Get wrecked. But great weekend. Awesome weekend. So, Tim, uh, take us into some current events. What you got for us yeah. today? So, I can't. The reason why I first saw this article, uh, it was on my LinkedIn timeline. One of my LinkedIn connections, Nick Fox. I think he shared this article. Uh, it's so. Nice share, Nick Fox. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Credit where, I probably wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't for him. Uh, so, a school in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, an elementary school called Robert W. Coleman Elementary School. They're doing away with detention. And they mean they're doing away with detention. Like no detention. This there's school. no detention. So when a student gets in trouble, whatever that may mean, they don't go to the principal's office, but they go to this room in the school called the Mindful Moment Room. And so instead of detention, students of the school do meditation. Hmm. So this room. Hmm. The, the mindful moment room it's filled with lamps decorations purple pillows and misbehaving kids they're they're encouraged to sit in this room and go through practices like breathing mindful meditation just helping them calm down and kind of recenter and get back to their their level state of of not misbehaving i'm going to get back to how much i love this but i have to play devil's advocate of real quick of course. i know what you're going to say what if a kid punches somebody Oh, <laughs> or like cusses, cusses somebody else, somebody out, you know? Yeah, do something, just a little more, like. Yeah, no, they, I maybe, maybe for special cases they might go. They like extra stuff, but it seems like this is the yeah. this is the number one course of action when when yeah. something happens like that. Okay, so this is why I like this. Like, you're forced to do meditation if. If someone is super stubborn and is like, you know, I'm not going to do meditation. That's stupid. I'll just sit here. At least they're sitting there and like being bored. 
Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about the importance of being bored before. Of just like even if it's a few minutes of not doing anything, mm-hmm. not looking at your phone or TV or screen or this or that, even a book. Like even if that kid is just you know sitting there twiddling his thumbs, watching the clock, or looking at the decorations around him. Go enough times, you might be like, man, this acts kind of nice. You know, it's a pretty mm-hmm. pleasant place. Then eventually they might they might try it. Maybe not. But if they really hate it that much, then they won't act up. If you're that bored, don't act up. Yeah. So I like this. This yeah. is a pretty out there approach. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it just takes one. Yeah. And it's good because I feel like a typical detention room, it's usually like a rigid classroom, the same classroom that they're in all day. Yeah. And it, there's usually someone like monitoring them, watching them. Like, watching over like a, a teacher or someone i feel like that type of dynamic makes you feel like you're still in class but you hate but like with this like you're going into a room and you and you control the room because you're the only you're the one in there you're the only one in there you control your emotions like you can do what you want so i feel like it doesn't to them it may not even feel like they're like if i were a kid at the school i'd get in trouble on purpose like, <laughs> honestly like, like you know what? i'm gonna get more out of visualization here yeah so no i, I thought this was really good the so uh, an even cooler thing is the school partnered with a uh, foundation called the Holistic Life Foundation, okay. which is like a local nonprofit in Baltimore that helps kids between the ages of like pre-K and fifth grade practice mindfulness exercises and yoga. And not only do like so, a foundation specializes in this, but they also like they also have other programs like tutoring kids, teaching them about the environment, like helping like kids helping clean local parks visit nearby farms teaching them about the environment Dude, that's i think something up. like this is cool because that's like, awesome you're teaching them yoga meditation but you're also connecting them like with their community in the outdoors yeah like how cool is that and starting it young too yeah they're gonna be the calmest people when they're going through college like man what are you so worried about bro you'll be fine dude like these kids like these are gonna be great kids oh all they're gonna of, be incredible like i read that the kids also go home and like Teacher, the kids are teaching their parents these things like mindfulness. Oh, and breathing. that's what's up. Like, See, it, it's kids like that that I want to be future leaders mm-hmm. of of our country. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I didn't even start anything like this until I was in college. That's awesome. They're like eight years ahead of the grain. It's like crazy. I think we should try to reach out to a teacher or principal or yeah, someone from the school. I think that'd be awesome. Or someone from that Holistic Life Foundation as well. Both. I think it'd be good, yeah. Both. For sure. You want to know how this worked? So this article was written in 2016. And that year, in 2016, they had no suspensions in that, in that school. Wow. Which is very impressive. So you can tell wow. it's working. You can tell it's working. Let's go. But yeah. That's uh, Robert W. Coleman Elementary School. In Baltimore, Maryland. So look it up. We'll look up what go, they're about. Go them, dude. Go yeah. them. And the Holistic Life Foundation in Baltimore. So what yeah. you got, Slager? Uh, so Scandinavian Airlines. Um, after today, well, after Sunday, excuse me, uh, their strike means 1,200 uh, canceled flights. So as of a few days prior, nearly 600 flights were canceled. Passengers left planeless. Uh, on the third day of a pilot strike at Scandinavian Airlines. It is the flag carrier of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden mm. and announced further cancellations uh, two days ago uh, that Sunday due to failure on parties to resume talks on a new collective bargaining and pay agreement. So 
Uh, the strike just started last Friday following the collapse of some pay negotiations with the SAS Pilot Group, which uh, they actually represent 95% of the company's pilots in the three countries. So the group on strike represents 95% of this company's pilot pilots within those three countries, Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. And over 1200 flights have been canceled. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Cuz that's got to be I mean, that's obviously got to be one of the bigger airlines in that in the that region for sure. Like that that's causing a bunch of different things. Like people are probably ridiculous. schedules thrown off. That legit affects a lot of people and a lot of people, yes and a, and a lot of like things that they're going to because like meetings a lot of meetings are probably being canceled from this and it goes back to the you said they couldn't settle on, on the pay collective bargaining agreement right yeah and uh, I just double checked so I didn't skew the number a hundred seventy thousand passengers have been affected since Friday this uh, <laughs> it started on Friday you said it started on this last Friday. 170,000 passengers, 1,200 canceled flights. It was like 1213 if we're going to be technical. So that's not cool. But I put on, put on the financial hat. I wonder what the stock is about to do. Because they're publicly traded, right? Uh, let me double check. I think so. What'd you find? Yeah, so they're uh, they're on the 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 Stockholm stock exchange. It's not they're not on the U.S. stock exchange, mm. but they're I mean their stock has declined five percent. It's yeah. declined five percent on Friday. I think that's gonna go down. Yeah, quite a bit more for sure. See, like, because that's uncertainty. Like, I mean, it, it, anytime see someone sees uncertainty, yeah, and you can't trust that airline down. right now. I would wait till it goes all the way down, as far as it can go, and then buy it. That, cool. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, people are still gonna fly it mm-hmm. when they get back up and running. The stock will go back up. But shit, like, I would buy some now. I'd buy some mm-hmm. a week from now, or no. Maybe on Wednesday. See how it's doing on Wednesday. Give it a day or two. I mean, realistically, check it every day. And I look at this, and you said 95% of the pilots are... In the Scandinavian uh, Airlines uh, pilot group. See, if I were were the business, I could put it on my my business hat on. That's Mm -hmm. like... You gotta diversify your risk a little bit. Like, why would you you have 95% of your people in this? Or how does that even... How do those even form? Like, do people join the company and then join the SAS pilot group? That I do not know. Like, I don't know if that's a type of yeah. unionized thing or something. I'm not sure. Right. Like, I sh- how are I you? Should've, for- I should have double checked. No, you're all good. I mean, but, I it just like if I'm a businessman, like, and I oh, and they're I, gonna diversify it now. Yeah, in the future, like, don't have as many people in this, or or work it out because you don't want things like this happening. Like, <laughs> unless you're gonna fire all your pilots and try to hire a whole. You know, list of pilots, which you're not going to do. You have to go up from where you're already offering. You have to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Monday is going to be canceled. Tuesday, Wednesday, how many more flights? 
this is one of those you might have been forced into it, but spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's crazy though, it, and it's it's obviously it hasn't ended, it's still going on. I mean that that was today. Yeah, so that article was today. How long do you think it'll from go Associated forward? Press? Because this happens all the time. This happens in any type of it happened in the NBA back in 2011, 2010. That went on for weeks. I mean, it's just a matter yeah. of how long, like. Stop the bleeding. But, I mean, the NBA didn't have flights going in and out no. around countries. I mean, this is no different from the government shutdown, right? Uh, type of thing. Like, people with government jobs. I mean, I, mean I think this paid. is a little more directly impacting. You know, there were awesome government employees, and thank you for those that still worked during the shutdown. But, like, planes were still taken off. These planes are on the ground. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. No one is flying these planes. 90% of pilots are not flying those planes. I hope nothing like this happens near us when we're trying to fly out. Can you imagine this happening to Southwest? Yeah. Or Delta? You you know, any of those. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. Nuts. The sheer just chaos. But so yeah, I'm interested to see how long that might go for. Mm-hmm. But, we'll update it. Yeah, yeah, that's one we'll 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 keep on. I'm good on that. All right. What else you got? All right. So Coca-Cola is launching a very unique marketing campaign that caught my eye and my ears. You'll tell what I'll show you why. So I feel like. Big companies like Coca-Cola are the only ones that can do things like this. So here's what's happening. So they launched a new marketing campaign in Europe called uh, – it's supposed to be the first print ads that you can hear. So it's trying to prove that a still image, like a picture of an ad, mm-hmm. can conjure up a sound in your mind. So what Coca-Cola did is they captured moments like of iconic sound events with their products. So for example, I'm giving you an example. So like when you open up a can of, of Coca-Cola, yeah. you know how it makes that click sound? Yeah. That, that's Everyone knows that sound. Right. And whenever you open like up a bottle, it, you dig the bottle up and the sound that the bottle makes when it comes yeah. off. Uh-huh. So they have at like pictures of this, of an ad with close up of the, the bottle, someone's finger opening up the tab on a can, okay. and like a zoom up of the water splashing up. And the ad, it has Coca-Cola on the bottom right. And then it has in small print right next to it that says, try not to hear this. And they do the same with the, the, a close-up of someone taking a bottle opener and open up a Coca-Cola bottle. Yeah. And it says, try not to hear this. Jeez. And then it has another one of the top of an open glass, like a, what you get a glass of beer at a bar, with Coca, iced Coca-Cola. And you can see the fizz coming up off the top of it. Wow. And you know the fizz sound that you hear after you pour. Yeah, I'm looking at it on your screen right yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah, and it says try not to hear this. So I think this is genius cuz it Dude, that's wild. That is absolutely <laughs> awesome. And like it's it goes off the concept of synesthesia, which is when your brain blends one sensory experience with another. So like when you So when Synes- you like look Synes- at something Jesus, synesthesia. There we go, synesthesia. It's just amazing how Nailed it. You look at this your brain recognizes Coca-Cola, but like you, you, the internal, like you hear the sound by just looking at it. 
and it takes you to that moment when you open up a Coca-Cola. I think this is genius. I, it's it's in Europe, but I I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I did, feel did they have a plan to do it in in the U.S.? Didn't say, but it's uh, they're starting it. I think they're trying to test what it's like in, in Central and like Eastern Europe. But I thought that was interesting because I feel like, like I said, I think only big companies that that have global recognition and have like customer lifelong loyalty, like Coca-Cola. They're, they're like pretty much the only people that could do this because it's such a big brand, such an iconic brand. But I feel like you might see small smaller companies start to do this and more people start doing this. Hmm. So I thought it was, they call it sonic branding. So I'd be I surprised if like a, a nice beer company didn't start doing this or any beer company. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this is, I agree with you. This is just genius. Because it goes back to that brain rules book. You remember things more when you use more of your senses. Yeah. So it's just taking a print ad I think they're just doing it as experience to prove that you can you can do this. Creating with, sound with a print ad. Yeah, and it's I think it's it's amazing because I when I looked at it I played it in my mind. I mean I Man. remember. Dude, yeah. When I was so. when you were scrolling through the screens, great description by the way. Thank you. You really <laughs> illustrated that well for people who don't have it up on a screen. Just beautiful illustration. Yeah. I mean, from. The rim of the glass to the sound of the bottle cap just... And then I imagined it hitting in the trash can. You do it on the wall. I was just missing the Morgan Freeman voice. That's all I was missing. <laughs> but yeah, I was impressed. I, you can I work on it. By this. So, yeah. No, like, I think that's pretty sweet. That's uh, that's just out there and something that no one else is doing. I get nerdy with the marketing commercials and, and print ads ever since watching Mad Men and ever since watching the Super Bowl. I just... I get into the ads and how people connect with people. So yeah. that one definitely, a little, little, little marketing example of how, how it can go a long way. But. Man, I, I really tried Mad Men. I, I got through two <laughs> seasons, and I think I need to give it a breather. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not that drawn to it. It takes a special type of consumer to watch it. I guess I'm just not buying what they're trying to sell me. <laughs> Do better, Don. I'm sorry, brother. Hey, it's won awards, so. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It is good. It, mm-hmm. I just, and I really did enjoy when they dove more and more into, I'm trying to not do a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, Don Draper's true background. Mm-hmm. I'll oh, leave it yeah. at that. It's dark. That, that really, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty twisted shit. Yeah. That kept me going, and then that slowed down again. And the rest just kind of seem the same to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they talk and treat women all the same. Like, I get it, different era, time, and age, sure. But now I'm just like, ah, it, just, it gets old. Yeah. You know, it just gets old. I feel like him cheating on his wife rubbed you the wrong way, too. Right? It did. Yeah. That gets old. Yeah. Just only on the receiving end of that. I just, it got it got old to, to see it. And, and then when she, well, made certain decisions, too. Yeah. And They're just like, man. The thing is, and it teaches you, it's, it's an overlying lesson that the show's trying to teach you is how, how much his childhood really did affect that. Yeah. Because he, he grew up in a, in a, in a whorehouse. Like, that was, like yeah. part of his life, that's where he grew up. So he's kind of had that in the back of his mind. I think that's, and he struggles with that. Sure. That's, and that's kind of what contributes to his infidelity and his, his Tiger Woodsing. So. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Shout out to Tiger Woods, 2019 oh, Masters champion. Just the man wins the Masters, and you just bring him right back down. Uh, hey, I, he, I never, he never lost me as a fan. Yeah, 
No, I don't. I don't condone that shit either. But that was fun to watch. Yeah. That was- all right, man, what you got? One more current event? Last one, yeah. Uh, the Avengers, baby. Got to talk about The Avengers. I have not seen it. I'm a couple behind. I actually just rewatched Age of Ultron because it's been a while. And uh, I forget how much I love my superhero movies still. And so this article, though, was talking about the bo- box office numbers that this thing has already hit. It just came out this last weekend. Already did $1.2 billion worldwide. Uh, in just the last few days, 350 million in North America. And uh, so this is from The Guardian, has potential to surpass Avatar, which did 2.79 billion globally uh, and is predicted to at the very least beat Titanic, which did 2.19 billion globally. Um, <laughs> dude, that's a ton Not of money. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty decent payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're thinking it's going to beat Avatar. That was 2.79. How much was uh, Black Panther? You know, I don't know. Mm. Um, that's pretty... So wait, well, I mean, I don't... I'm not the most educated on superhero movies, but like Avengers, was there an original Avengers movie that was made? And Yeah, so there's Avengers movies with all the superheroes in them. So but there's never been Iron Man, combined. the Hulk. What's that? But this one's like combining them all. Um, I, yeah, I think the last one is like, well, it's called Endgame. Okay. I think it's wrapping things up. Okay. okay. Like with the Avengers series. Um, but has so, the storyline been like it's progressive made into, a, made into a movie before? Like, is this the first time this storyline has come to theaters? Like, has there been as another, far as as far it, as I know, outside of comics, I don't think there's been like maybe cartoon. Okay. But like, all right. So it's a unique storyline. Like, you're saying. yeah, it's got Thor, Hulk. Okay. You know, all, all the great Marvels. Um, okay. I just and, want to make sure it's a unique storyline. I'm not a big fan of remakes of movies. Oh, dude, I have a blast watching these. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to catch up and yeah. and get to Endgame. Uh, what I also found interesting, the article talked about how Disney owns Marvel. So Disney acquired Marvel in 2009 for four billion dollars. You know. It, you're not cool unless there's a B after it. I've come to find out. Yeah. Um, and it referenced Disney's new streaming service, and it talked about brought up pricing too, and how it's going to be cheaper than Netflix, like the six ninety nine. And so I just couldn't help but think, like, wow. If anyone was unsure about Disney's streaming service before, me guilty as charged, because just different audience. But this, knowing that Marvel belongs to Disney. Just that little reminder. You need all the superhero fans in mm-hmm. on it. Because uh, didn't we say that the uh, anything Disney related will it's be on the streaming yeah. service? Yeah. And removed from Netflix. I'm pretty so, sure. So if like die hard superhero Marvel Avengers fans like when they see that they're going to pay an extra seven bucks to get all those right at their fingertips whenever they want. Yeah, this is big. Like that little reminder in that article, just for anyone who read that, it's like, oh, when that happens, I need to get Disney because they're going to have all this stuff on it. And I want to want to watch, I want to be able to watch these whenever I want. For sure. Seven bucks a month. So did, That's not bad. So Disney, Disney helped produce this movie. Like this movie was made in Disney production. I, I, would, I would think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. 
you know, I don't I'm know who directed or what, but if they I own, mean, if they own them, yeah, if they, they bought them, fu- them. funded by, yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. And, and that's, that's big for the streaming service. Cause you so, know, you know, they, they timed that, uh, like they timed up. So the announcement oh, would be like around when this movie would come out too. Their stock with that thing them. just went so much higher yeah. than it was before. Oh yeah. So, oh man, well played. Mm-hmm. Well played for making great movies and, and ending on a, what I think to be a good note. I'll talk to some people uh, tomorrow. Well, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, but from, from what I gather, it did its job. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to keep a, a series going that long and keep it that good and keep captivating the same group of audiences over and over. I mean, you'll get new people, but people get particular when there's a series, you know, like think about Lord of the Rings or Dark Knight, and I love all those. But if you're going to do a series like that, they better be damn good. Like if the first one is off the charts, your two and three need to be like equal. You have very little margin to go below to where it's like, no, that was still really good. Not like the first one, but still really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. You need to still have that. That's as little room as you have if you're doing sequels. Mm-hmm. So kudos on them really making this thing this awesome for this long. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that that's a that's a movie that's gonna that's definitely gonna make money. It's it's a common like it's got such a big fan base in in the world. Like people are gonna people are gonna be on that like crazy. So. Yeah, yeah, man. I that's gonna take off. They're, that Disney streaming, this just really, uh, really helped them a lot with that. For sure. But, uh, okay, so, unless you have something else on that, I want to bring something up to you. Okay. For the last, I don't know, five or six days, maybe even a week, Tim has been saying, hey, I got a real life experience, but I'm not going to tell you until <laughs> next time we record for the show. And I'm like, you can't just build a man up. And then not deliver like that. That's some bullshit. So you had this this geese story mm-hmm. built up for the last week. And this better be a good story. You always want the audience wanting more. That's why I did that. <laughs> okay. But damn it. Do it the day before. See, not like a week leading see, up look, to look it. See, look how excited you are to hear it. You're on the edge of your yeah, seat. Yes, I am. Well, um, I'm sitting a little back. It's a little comfier than being on the edge, you know, posture yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. But <laughs> okay. such an ass. Okay, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. <laughs> I want to hear about the geese, okay, man. Okay, so three geese last week taught me an important lesson about facing our fears. So, yeah, I'll start there. Huh. So uh, <laughs> you had quite the – what were you taking, yeah. Tim? <laughs> kind of conversation on, uh, went down here. I was on that sales grind. I was walking into an office building uh, off of Guyan Road. And it was just a re- typical office building. I, I usually, I always usually go through the front door. So I'm walking up to the front door, get out of my car, walking up, and I see three geese just like milling around the front door. Okay. The very entrance door to this building. So I'm like, hmm, that's weird. I usually see geese like in the grass, wilderness, golf course. So Sometimes rude. crossing the street, it, it happens. But I've never, <laughs> I've never seen them like on the sidewalk just chilling right next to the doors of a building because usually they're just afraid of people in general. Like they usually. Mm. Most of the time, uh, when you walk towards them, they usually kind of scatter. That's been my experience, like ninety five percent of the time. I'd say ducks more so than geese. Geese are ornery sons of bitches. Yeah, they can be. Like if they're, they're mean, if they're protecting their young, whatever. But bottom line, I went up. They start hissing at me, 
They don't even let me get in the door. They're just chilling in front of the door. Mm-hmm. And they're they're just hissing. They're not moving. They're hissing. So these aren't your typical geese. They're even like, more snap at they're you. even more fearless than usual. Like usually they will walk away for the most part. And I thought they would. So I go back to my car and I'm like, I'm just not gonna walk into this business today because I'm not gonna go through these geese. <laughs> so I definitely didn't face my fears. I went back to my car. But as I'm driving out, like I, I see an employee of the of the business. They probably honestly they probably saw me walk up and get shit because these geese were like walking towards me. I legit ran away from these geese because they were they were they, <laughs> they were coming at me. They weren't just hissing at me. They were coming at me. Yo, so if there like, was this gang of geese, bro, I shit you not, they were coming at my head. They really man. were, and they were vicious. Like that's how I would describe. Like they were hissing at me, and I legit had to run back to my car. I was like, it's just not worth but it. I told it's, you they're it's, mean. It's just not worth it today. And I, as, I'm dri- as, I, as, as, I'm dri- as I'm driving out, an employee from the building came out with one of those realistic looking like wolf cutouts. Like it had like a, it was like one of those wolf that was attached by a stick and he was like holding it like up. Like a fat head? Yeah. Like, and it, huh. but it was like a cutout of a pretty real life looking like wolf. Huh. And Interesting thing to just have on hand. Well, or is that like what the business I did? I think they've had this problem multiple times <laughs> with, with like, that's what, what I think. So this guy was like, was like running after these geese with this thing and the geese still weren't even like going away. Like they were, they were, they were barking, they were hissing back at him. And it taught me, I was like, this is a very good analogy for your life. The geese still weren't afraid of this fake wolf, but they didn't know it was fake. And that's something that I want to apply to real life because most of our fears actually are fake. Ooh, we look at things goes. and we, we, we think of everything that could go wrong, but it's merely just one of those freaking cardboard cutouts of a wolf. It's not real. It's something, it's something that fills the space of our mind and watching these geese, like not be afraid of this, this design thing that's supposed to scare things away, a fake scaring thing. It just, it put things in a perspective to me. Like, yeah, I was afraid of these geese cause they were real and that's a valid fear. Like I didn't really feel bad cause they were going to, they were going to attack me. But most of the things that I, that I fear, like whether it's walking into a business and people being mean to me or thinking a, a big sales presentation is not going to work out, like I need to approach those things like they're fake because they are because I have complete control over how I perform. So yeah. there's no reason to be fearful of fake shit. So that, Dude, was, that was my real life experience taught by geese. <laughs> that's what a crazy but just relatable connection. Mm-hmm. Like fear, like what, like you're saying, it's, it's fake. Mm-hmm. It's fake. And, yeah. and, and we make it scary. Mm-hmm. Like all the time, public speaking, interviews, awkward conversations that we're going to have with people. Like, yeah. It's all, I mean, we all create that fear. It, does, it doesn't have to be there. It's fake. <clears throat> It's all fake, bro. And like the, the less fear, I think the less stress. And we all know how much stress can affect a person. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up. It reminded me of a Will Smith quote. And people are probably going to know this. Uh, if not, it's, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it goes, fear is not real. It is a product of thoughts you create. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real. But mm-hmm. fear is a choice. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's like, okay, like. Yeah, he, he acknowledges there's danger in the world. There are dangerous things and people and places within this world. But fear, like you said, it's fake. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you don't like fake news, don't be afraid of shit. I mean, easier said than done, but for the sake yeah. of what you're saying. Like, 
Yeah, I get I get scared of things. It, it just makes me think of a few things. It's just like, man, what am I scared of? Mm-hmm. Like I have my health, my my family. You know, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. But and your mom talked about it a, l- a little bit. Like people just are nervous in front of other people because they're scared of other people. Yes, and that goes back to like, and this this lesson applies to public speaking because when I would when I would read Bible readings in front of the congregation at church growing up, I had never been more nervous in my life. But yeah, you just gotta remember that's the the fear that you feel getting in front of people. That's fear of fake judgments that are coming your way. You think are there, but they're not. People aren't there to judge you; they're there to learn. Yeah, and that's that's funny you did that because I played music ministry at church. Mm-hmm. I did keyboard then. Uh, I switched to playing the guitar, and when I first started, both I was just I was terrified. Mm-hmm. It's like, of what? Like if someone judges me when I'm playing at church and you're not, like, I'm trying to just play for God. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. When my mom was saying we're we're afraid of each other, she made it seem comical to where it's like you know people are afraid of you. It's like what are you? What are you you're afraid, afraid of me? What? Yeah. <laughs> Afraid of, afraid of who? You think I'm scared of who? Scared of you? Me? Well, I ain't scared of nobody. I will lay your ass out. Sorry, we were watching Coach Carter. Had to had to do it. It was too easy, man. It was there. Top 10 movie. Oh, I told you I have a problem with quotes. Absolute hey, you, just issue. Hey, when you're quote, you can quote that one all day. For real. Um, but yeah, when you think of like, no, people aren't scared of me. Yeah. People are scared of other people. And it reminds me in, in Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, we talked about you know, even just looking a stranger in the eye and passing and even giving a smile and a head nod or saying hello. Like that person has likes, dislikes, maybe a family, kids, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, fiance, whatever. Favorite movies, restaurants, food. You know, everyone, everyone has their things. Mm-hmm. We're not that different. We're all unique in our own way, but everyone has their things. Mm-hmm. Good and bad. So just say, you know, do that hello. Don't be afraid of people. That fears. Mm-hmm. That's like slide edge. Easy to do, easy to not do. That's that's a quick shift that you can you can apply in everyday scenarios. In the elevator. Instead of looking at your phone at the ground, look I've looked at the floor of elevators. There's nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. But you might have a bad morning and someone might start a conversation with you to where it's like Man, I got off the elevator and feel a little bit better about being here today. Mm-hmm. Do that to someone else tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like the th- like if you're if you're getting nervous about something, if you fear something, it's it's because you care about doing well at something, or you care so much about something happening. I agree. Like whether it's doing well in a presentation, whatever. Like we get nervous because we care about stuff and we fear, and I think. The good that could possibly come from something of you doing well far outshadows any negative consequences that could come with it. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to, like, even if you don't do as well as you would have liked, you can always take something and learn from it. Like, you can make any situation you go to a win win, whether the outcome wasn't what you expected. So, I mean, I, I just think it's, you, you have to look at, you have to look at it in a positive way. So, well, that, even if it doesn't work out, like you're saying, at least you did the work and tried and went for it. Mm-hmm. And learned something in the process. Yeah. You had to have. Going for it is better than 90% of the population. 
Yeah. Most people never even get that far. Mm-hmm. You went for it. Now, hopefully it didn't break you to the point of not trying, you know, for this conversation's sake of business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it didn't knock you down to try again. Then you realize, man, so it didn't work out. I'm in no shape than I was before I tried it. I'll try something else. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pivot. I'll change. I'll tweak something. Yeah. Now you realize, like, it's not that bad when you you mess up, when you fail, when it doesn't go according to plan. Tell me how many plans go according to plan. None. But when you it's when life. you when you see how much easier and so not stressful that it can be, it's like oh, ain't no thing, chicken wing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I had someone tell me one day about the podcast. You know, that's awesome. I just I don't think I'd be able to be vulnerable like that. I'm like. After enough, it's just like, nah, it's another show. Yeah. It feels, right. good. it feels good to feel that way, too. Show notes, Canva, post, you know, repost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just another part of the process. It's it's our favorite part, mm-hmm. but it's like, eh. Not going to lie, when we were starting out, <laughs> I, I was like, I was shy about putting my face to the camera. Yes. For the podcast. Yes. I, I'm going to be vulnerable and say it. Like, I, I was nervous about that at first, but the more we did it, like, cares what people think yeah like <laughs> if you don't like it i didn't tell you to click the follow button in the first place yeah exactly like if it causes you duress seeing my face i mean i'm not good looking to everybody okay <laughs> that's why my you face is me. great great for radio right that's uh, why we're in it dude but it's like you know it yeah mm-hmm. hit the unfollow i don't care if our number goes down by one I'd rather go down by one that doesn't like it. You know, like, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Plus, we're not defined by the number of followers. No, not at all. So Defined by the connections we create. But, ooh, shifty. Quality over quantity. I like that. Keep pursuing that. But, uh, no, I agree. That was a a hard thing for me, too. And it still is. Mm -hmm. It still isn't easy for me to have the camera on me. But then I'm like, man, I've, I'm in front of people all day, every day. What, what's the difference of just putting it on my phone? Mm-hmm. People still know what I look like. It's not like I look different on my phone than I do in person. Yeah. I mean, I think I look a little better in person, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I agree. I had the same, same battle. <clears throat> but, uh, man, I'm glad you brought that, that up. Yeah. Thank you to those three geese. Yeah. I you mean, valiant, nasty birds. Yeah. Fuck you for being vicious <laughs> and, and, hiss, and hissing at me. But at the same time, thank you for teaching me that valuable lesson. And I'm coming back to that business ne- next week, and you better not be there. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> but. You know, you, you should get like a fake bear cutout. <laughs> or dress up as a bear. <laughs> You know, that's probably not a good idea. Hey, Cozad, uh, I think, had that bear costume in college. See if he still got that. That'll hit him scare up. him off. Hit him up. <laughs> but, so, Slager, what do you have for, for your real life experience? So, yeah. Uh, over the weekend, you and I talked a little bit about it because uh, I share all my all my things with you. Mm-hmm. Especially in the long car drives. Yeah, best? man. We, those things get <clears throat> intellectual and deep. Yeah. I love it. I mean, we're like a walking podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so 
I, I told you like the last few months I've been having some emotional and feeling things that just like really eaten at me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I didn't bring it to light to anyone. I was like, ah, I don't know what's going on here yet. No, I'm just, I'm in this stuck place. And like, I know of, of certain feelings and care and, you know, it relates to someone dear to me that, you know, actions prior may not have shown such things. And so I finally talked to my mom about it today. I'm like, all right, it's time to pull out the big guns here. You know, I, I, I can talk to my closest friends that know me better, better than, you know, 99.9% of people. I can talk to my brother. Well, he's in, out of the country. He's in Thailand right now, which is also dope. You found out where he was. Yeah, he's in Thailand. <laughs> he texted me today. My parents had no idea. The fact that he just told your parents, I'm out of the country. Yeah. Not saying where he's going. For like 10 days and then we, and then or we talk, whatever it was. Then we talk about someone going through torture in, in Turkey for smuggling stuff. And your mom just assumed the worst. So I felt bad about putting that on her. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, okay, get home going. safe, bro. Yeah, keep going. Um, and so I'm like, all right. You know, I, and it's weird. As I've gotten older, the more I've gone to my parents for things that I wouldn't have talked to them about when I was younger. And so I'm like, mom, this is what's going on. Uh, you know, I brought it up some to, to this this friend and, uh, you know, I'm talking about everything. I'm like, you know, I'm breaking down over the phone too because, you know, my mom, like, I'm definitely her kid. <laughs> uh, I mean, me and my dad, we grew out. But my mom can get on that level of, you know, really helping set each other straight sometimes or talking through it for as long as need be before you get to the root issues. And, uh, she she was like you know not that this is trying to take away from what you actually feel for this person but uh she goes i think you're also struggling to forgive yourself and and then start loving yourself again it's like an issue i didn't think i would have had you know i'm like man i thought i really did love myself you're you're a confident person right you you believe in yourself right but but i guess i mis mistook that for forgiving loving myself mm-hmm. you know i apologize for things that i've done to the nth degree and you know apologies only get you so far they only mean so much after a certain time anyway mm-hmm. and so i told my mom about all, all the struggles with mistakes i made and and such and such and uh she's like i think you know yeah you you have genuine care and um concern for for this person and you know i can see that they're they're dear but you also need to work on forgiving and loving yourself mm-hmm. and we got off the phone i just i sat on the bathroom floor i lost it you know i was like man whew, that was a ride mm-hmm. but that's why i called her yeah no one else would have gotten me there yeah and i needed to go there yeah uh and then a little bit after that uh went to, went to church and you know, a few things that were sung, that were said, something that the guy said at the very end, just like, just shot me, dude. Like, I sat for like a few minutes after everyone was kind of leaving because I was like, man, I am going to break down right here in, in, in this church, but it would be okay. But I was like, I need, I just need to get out and get some air too. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so it was just, it's one of those where, you know, we talk about, you know, how you can get out of things when you're stuck or when you're feeling this or that and, you know, I'm in this place where it's gotten progressively stronger and, you know, something that I've 
been dealing with and you know it's it's not easy we always say it's easier said it definitely is easier said because uh, this is tough but for how transparent we have always wanted to be on the show I was like man this is this is something I need to talk about because this is this is real mm-hmm. like this isn't just oh how to do a better work email you know I, I love those too because those mm-hmm. those got me so far yeah and how small of a detail that might be those got me really far mm-hmm. in, in prior jobs but this I was like man this is uh, what I want to help people get through mm-hmm. is this someone's like man yeah dealing with like self-condemnation and things uh, to where it's like how, how do you start to you know you gotta let someone know or someone needs to help you get to that point to where you know for me I gotta feel it all hit and it's like mm-hmm. and I was like ma like I really appreciate you doing this like yeah but I needed to bring in the heavy artillery <laughs> and, and she can, you know, she can get to, to, to places where other people, they, they really can't. Uh, and it's just a different type of help. You know, I love all my friends who have always helped me talk about certain things, but I was like, ma, can I bend your ear? She goes, absolutely. And I told her before, I was like, Hey, I got something that I need to talk to you about. But I was like, it'll probably be later. And so, yeah, I called her and it helped. I and mean, it's not like I'm, oh, yeah, feel great. It's like, you know, yeah. emotions, feelings, things are, are still there. It's just now I know that I need to start a different process that I didn't know I had to start. Okay. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing all this. Yeah. And bring it to the show because it's important to be authentic and explain what we're feeling. And yeah. I want to ask you, like, I know you probably don't have the whole process outlined yet because <laughs> that's tough. But, it I mean, just started a few hours. Well, this was on Sunday a few hours ago. Yeah. What I mean, I want to ask you, like, what do you? Th- is there one thing that you can think of that will take you in the step in the right direction when it comes to loving yourself more, forgiving yourself more? Is there anything, any strategies that you've mulled over in your mind, or anything that you think could help you with this on your own, or is it just a matter of continuing to talk to other people about it? Well, I think it's always going to be continuing to talk to other people about it. Mm-hmm. I think when you don't is is when 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 you don't is when I personally think when you start to trap yourself in your mind. Mm-hmm. I think when you don't talk to someone about it, like even if they don't they don't need to have the answer, they don't have to say anything. Just to to hear you out alone, uh, because when you bottle it. Then you start to play more and more movies in your mind. You play all these negative scenarios of, of this and that. And you just drive yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. So I think talking to people is always going to, like, for me, that has to be a constant. Um, I mean, without going into, my, my book talk is very ironic with this today, mm-hmm. too. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> I think... Uh, something I've recently started doing after I listened to Hal Elrod on Mind Pump was he calls, you know, part of his morning routine is savers. So there's six things. Um, and that's silence or, or your meditation, your affirmations, your visualizations, your exercise, your reading, your scribing. So your your journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been trying to lately my affirmations like say hey like you're really good rehab therapist like you're really good at what you do you know you you have pure intentions like 
you want to help leave the world and people better than than when you first got here. You know, things like that. But maybe I wasn't believing that to the fullest extent yet and didn't know it. Mm-hmm. But but small things like that I think can help. Um, thinking about, and, and not to be like conceited, but thinking about the people I have helped, patients I have helped and are helping. That's not conceited though. But I mean, that's that's you making a difference and it's important to recognize that within yourself. That's loving yourself. Yeah, that, it's not conceited. Um, and how much I think this is doing. So mm-hmm. it's being able to honestly like believe all that because it's easy to, to say it and kind of fake the sincerity uh, even if you don't know it. Like I was saying it, maybe I didn't really believe it yet. Mm-hmm. Now I have to start really believing like, hey, like, and one of the things um, one of the guys at church said, like the very end wrapping up, uh, it's like anyone going through through a dark space like you are not the sum of your past you are not the sum of your sins and I was just like that's when I was like I just had to sit down I'm like ah mm-hmm. oh, dude on the way out the door man and uh, but yeah so going uh, from that into into book talk uh, don't sweat the small stuff I was like, man, this is really ironic because I also could have used these in in a uh, relationship that jumped out to me specifically. And so uh, one was become an anthropologist. So it's, and they, they define it as a silence dealing with uh, men and his, their origins. Uh, but for the sake of the book, they call it being interested without judgment in the way other people choose to live and behave. So having a mm. genuine and sincere interest in how other people are living, acting, okay. behaving, uh, talking, and it's a strategy to help develop your compassion mm. and for you to also become more patient. I like that. So when you see that no one is going to live like you live, right? only you are going to live how you live. Even that much is like, man, okay, like, Everyone has a different POV on the world, and, mm-hmm. and everyone lives and breathes differently. And it's like uh, genuinely understanding how someone sees things and why he or she may have reacted to something specific, uh, whether it's something you did or said or something else that triggered a particular response. Like mm-hmm. finding the innocence in that, and that's that was a different chapter in Don't yeah. About the Small Stuff. Find the innocence in it, <clears throat> and then have compassion for that, and try to understand why they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it, you actually have to give a shit and there's a fine line between being quote unquote interested and being arrogant uh, as if secretly you believe that your way is still better mm-hmm. so they ended the chapter on that don't act like you're you're trying to listen and be sincere and genuine and at the, your very core you still think what you believe is better and I'm definitely guilty of that, 100% guilty of that. Uh, so I was like, wow, that was uh, awakening. And then yeah. the, my last one, uh, and then I'm going to shut up, uh, kind of they go hand in hand. It was understand separate realities. And, and same thing, it, it's where I could have used in, in a particular relationship with a lot of different scenarios where I, for whatever reason, had particular blinders on. And it was... 
you need to expect to see things differently. Like when we take it as a given that others will do things differently and react differently to the same stimuli, then the compassion we have for ourselves and for others rises dramatically. So the moment we expect otherwise, the potential for conflict exists. So I'm going to say that one more time because that's a lot. Say it one more time. When we expect to see things differently, when we take it as a given that others will do things differently and react differently to the same stimuli, the compassion we have for ourselves and for others rises dramatically. The moment we expect otherwise, the potential for conflict exists. And, and so when you expect someone to react or say differently to the same stimuli that you had your own reaction to, like when you expect that difference, mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot more compassion for yourself and for other people. Mm -hmm. If you expect them to respond the exact same way that you did to the very same stimuli you were both exposed to, you're going to have conflict. Yeah, that makes you minded Yeah, you, you think they should react exactly how you should react. Why? Mm -hmm. No, they shouldn't. Like we said before, everyone has their likes, their dislikes. Everyone has likes and dislikes. So they're going to react differently. Mm -hmm. Different points of view, experiences. Like they didn't experience everything you have up until whatever age this is in your life. Mm -hmm. They have a completely different story and set of shoes that they're walking in. Yeah. So that, I was like, man, those two really smacked me in the face too. Like, you idiot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I know we kind of cruised right into book talk, mm -hmm. but no, that's, that, the, that's I thought I thought those fit, is good. I thought those fit really well uh, with with my personally with my real life yeah experience today. And I love what you said about compassion, because this is what compassion is. Like you defined it right there, but just like every person on this earth, like when they when they respond to a stimuli, they think it through, and then they make a decision or say something about it. Having compassion is knowing that that person in that moment thought that way and reacted that way because they themselves thought that was the best way to react to it in their own way. Mm -hmm. And that's seeing the innocence, that's seeing compassion and not expecting them to do it the same way as you, but understanding that they did it in their own way because that's how they process information. And they, they want to understand it and they think that that's the right thing to do. So see that and understand that and then go from there. Yeah. I think that's that's what compassion is. So I like that. I, w so. I wouldn't disagree with that. So thank that's you. Like, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Of course. It's like even as simple as like how you react to when you get cut off on the road is different to how the person next to you might react if they get cut off on the mm -hmm. road. Yeah, true. Just expect difference. Mm -hmm. So something that uh, that I need to work on as well. Yeah. Oh, we all do. Yeah. So what uh, what you got for book talk, man? Yeah, so I want to end the show uh, talking about uh, one of my favorite books. I said <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, Ooh, but wait, that's all of them. John Wooden. That's good. John Wooden's book, Game Plan for Life. So oh, I, I know you've recommended this to me before. Mm -hmm. I went back and read the notes this weekend, and something stood out to me because he, he, I've mentioned this before, but he this is a very unique format of a book. So the first eight chapters are mentors that were a mentor to John meant to John Wood, like people who were mentors to him. Mm -hmm. And then the other half is people who he was mentors to talking about how he was mentors to them. Okay. And so John Wood talks about a big mentor in his life and that would be his wife, Nellie. So his, this was his wife from the beginning till the end, his only wife. 
Um, and she made a very special impact on him. And the lesson I take from that is, and I'm going to get into it here, examples in a second, but your confidence in other people is going to make them confident in themselves. Ooh. So Very it's kinda, true, though. Kinda, I mean, it's, I like it's something that. that's easy to forget, but it's true. Yeah. And I want to really, because she, in, in their marriage, they had a very healthy marriage because she was always confident in John Wooden that he was going to be do what he said he was going to do. And she was always confident that if he made a mistake, he was going to improve on it. Mm. She was always confident that he was going to do whatever it took to be the best husband. And he said because of her, her confidence in him, her belief in him, that made him more confident in himself to be a good husband for her. Um, so you can relate this to anything, wow. whether it's in your relationships or anywhere. So how I'm trying to relate it in my life is – Anytime I see one of my friends start a new experience or have a big life change or whether that's getting a new job, uh, making, leaving a job, any, any big life decision, I instill confidence in that person that's going to make them more confident in themselves. Like, for example, at work, we just had a new sales rep get hired onto, onto our team. Mm-hmm. He's been with the company being a driver, but he, he's moved into the sales field. Nice. And I, Thomas, I know, he, I know he's going to do well, and he's confident in himself, but... I need to continue to be confident in him that he's going to do well so his confidence never wavers. Because I, I know, cause, and, I, and I recognize that because I know that I was confident myself at first, but I know that throughout my sales experience, there has been a lot of times where tr- confidence in myself has dropped because something hasn't happened. And I know that it's not all rosy all the time. Right. And I know it's easy to, when people ask you how things are going, be like, it's easy to just be prideful and be like, yeah, things are going well. Like I'm still confident, even though deep down, you know that you're not the most confident in yourself. And I know that he's going to go through that at some point, even mm-hmm. though I know he's confident. So it's important for me to stay confident in, in, in my team members that they're going to do well, not just him, but everybody else. Cause yeah. for me, the old sales rep Corbin, he's not with the company anymore. He, he moved companies. He was always confident in me. He was always giving me, telling me how, Oh, we're going to ki- We're going to kill this market together. Oh, you're going to do well. And he like him being confident in me made me more confident in myself. So I want to do the same for for Thomas. And hearing that from from the mentorship, that's that's a form of mentoring. Yeah, is, is being God, confident. That's someone. awesome. And telling someone like, not you're not lying to them, but you want to believe that they're going to do the best they can. And and, and no, be you more. believe in them. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, telling them even though it, it may not be their current state, you're telling them, hey, you're going to reach your your, your goal this year. Yeah, you're going to do it. That make that it makes such a difference in people's lives that you may never even realize. Yeah. So happens at work. We all believe so much in everybody, mm-hmm. and it's like so everyone's on fire. Yeah, but uh, no, I like how uh, you described how John Wooden described it within relationships <laughs> with him and his wife too. Mm-hmm. That that's that's such a different perspective on how to approach. You know, not even just marriage, but any relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like, have the confidence and show that confidence. Because mm-hmm. they they will believe it. Like, you can believe in yourself, mm-hmm. but it, it does enhance your your confidence when you see other people believe in you. Sure. Social proof for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about you know your parents cheering you on for any sports activities. They believe so strongly in you. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so you think you can do a good job. Yeah. Because you can. Yeah. 
That's why when we were talking about Doc McGowan, how everyone, most people say their parents are their biggest influence in their life. It's because those parents are always there for you. Yeah. Cheering you on and believing in you and confidence in you, whatever you do. So yeah. I think that's a big reason why that is. Man, I'll be honest. I've dismissed some really big cheerleaders in my life before. <laughs> no, I have. Yeah. Like, not, like, not like, no, give me an A. No, you know, <laughs> not that type of cheer. Like people but, who are just really in my corner where I've kind of been more dismissive of it. Yeah. Yeah. So man, be get woke today, slags. Still confidence in other people. Yeah, in, in in any opportunity you, you see it. That's yeah. advice I give to someone based on that. And based like, on book talk, more social proof. I think this is a prime example too. Yeah, like we both believe and trust strongly in the other one's ability to do X, Y, Z in in their roles. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And so, I believe in you as a podcaster because oh, I've, I've seen the transformation in you from episode one to now, and I'm confident that that's going to keep on happening. Oh, same. So. same. I mean, look at you. You got your feet up. You're kicking. <laughs> you're like just cruising. I'm baby. relaxed as hell right Cruising. Now. That float is still carrying over yeah, from, I feel uh, good. from Saturday. Mm-hmm. Good. So, yeah. Man, that's uh, what, what a good book talk to end on. Yeah. John Wooden. Mm-hmm. What a guy. Yes, sir. Killing it with his wife. Go, you two. Yes. Good Great job, book, kids. too. Yeah, I, I need to finish the three I'm in, and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll add that one. After I got the one that I bought that a patient recommended me, so I'll, I might do that after I finish these three, but <laughs> give me a minute. Yeah. I'll get after it. Hey, it's always good to, I mean, yeah. move at your own pace. So, Got anything else for today? No, brother. I'm all set. You? I think I'm good. Awesome. Listen, everyone, I thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're always so appreciative and grateful uh, for you giving us your ear, your time, uh, also your feedback, uh, which is greatly, greatly appreciated. Let us know what you want to hear, who you might recommend on the show. You know, Tag those people in posts, uh, DM us, uh, iTunes, um, any and all of that. Let us know. Uh, speaking of iTunes, if you head over, uh, go to the iTunes uh, and podcasts, and search Off the Dome Radio. Scroll down if you leave a five-star rating and review, uh, and then DM us on Instagram uh, that you did so, your name, uh, mailing address. We will ship out a free laptop sticker for you, uh, no charge to you. Uh, just spread the word and keep keep sharing the love. We appreciate you. Yeah, And uh, also, one more plug. So Thursday's episode, you will not want to miss it as well. So this Thursday... Uh, we have Ben Gothard. Who's Ooh, that was a fiery episode. Entrepreneur from Louisiana started a variety of different companies, a social mar- media marketing agency. Uh, he started a business with POS systems. He started, uh, he ran a concert at his school. He, he, I mean, just an entrepreneurial minded kid who's got raw knowledge out the wazoo. He's the, on- enti- the entire interview, it, it was, it was, pure. if you're learning like, True entrepreneurship skills and business development skills and just learning how to go after something, you will not want to miss this interview on Thursday. So He's on fire. He brings the energy too. For Strap sure. in. Yep. All right. Thanks again, everybody.